it was the most scared that I have been during any ultra and I've ran in some pretty sketchy places. I entered myself in a cross country race, which is so out of my wheelhouse. When I started, I was just like, what have I gotten myself into? That was us, Kim and Carolyn, and this is episode 57 of the Inspired Souls podcast. Hi, I'm Carolyn, and I'm a roadrunner. And I'm Kim, and I'm a trail runner. Welcome to our podcast, where we bring the communities of trail and road running together and explore the parallels between running and life. Welcome to the fall edition of Catching Up with Kim and Carolyn, where we meander our way through various current events in the road and trail running worlds, including some of our own racing and pacing experiences. Kim kicks things off by sharing about her DNF at the Canadian Death Race, why that really concerned her and what she's doing to remedy the situation. She goes on to tell us a crazy story about pacing a former guest Heidi Schmaltz overnight at the Lost Souls Ultra 100 Mile and why she was so scared for Heidi. I touched on my slow but steady comeback from injury that culminated in a few fall races, including my first cross-country race in over 30 years. We capped things off with a discussion on Shalane Flanagan's challenging endeavor to complete all six world major marathons in under three hours, despite them all taking place within a six-week period of time. And we weigh in on Big's Backyard Ultra that was taking place live at the time of this recording. We referenced loads of past guest interviews that are all linked up in the show notes and talked about some heartwarming interactions we've had with our amazing listeners recently. There really are no words to describe how grateful we are to all of you who listen and share about the show. And now on to our quarterly chat about all things running. Well, welcome to Inspired Souls podcast today, everyone. Carolyn and I are catching up once again for our quarterly Catching Up with Kim and Carolyn episode. Uh, this is edition fall 2021. And uh, Carolyn, how are you doing today? I am pretty good. Life is good over here. No complaints. How about you? Pretty much the same. We, we have a few things that we wanted to, to talk about and, you know, discuss, but it's a real potpourri of things. So we were just saying how this is going to be a rather meandering type of episode as we weave our way in and around a lot of different topics. <laughs> so hopefully you guys can follow along and uh, have patience with us as, as we link a few things together. So Well, the last time we talked, you had just done your race. You had just done the Sinister Seven. What's been going on with you race-wise since then? Well, yeah. So since seven, you might have heard the episode. I don't know what number it was, but I gave my race debrief for Sinister Seven this year, 50 miler, and I had a great race, felt awesome, had just moved from Manitoba to Alberta and started a new job. So there was a lot going on. Fast forward three short weeks to the Canadian death race. And I went into that race apparently a lot more tired than I had thought, and my body just uh, let me know. It, it didn't quite cooperate in the way that I wanted it to, and uh, I ended up having my first DNF in seven years uh, at CDR. I managed to make it halfway through the race, but really, truth be told, I should have dropped out after about two hours. It was not a pretty, pretty sight, but I didn't want to drop... Um, until I knew that I was dropping for a valid reason and not just an excuse mm -hmm. that was in my mm -hmm. mind. And yeah, by the time I made it 
roughly 62, 3K, and I, I knew it was, my body was telling me it was time. So I did not complete that race, but that was okay because I um, had the next thing lined up. I think it was four short weeks later uh, with a girlfriend of mine, Heidi Schmaltz, who was also on our podcast. And I was um, honored to pace her for her last 40 miles. I think it was 67 kilometers of Lost Souls Ultra, uh, her 100 miler there. And Carolyn, oh my goodness, let me tell you, that was quite the experience. So if there's anything more fun for me than running an ultra, it's pacing a friend in an ultra. I, I couldn't agree with you more if you drop off the ultra part of it, but I love pacing. It's so much fun. Oh, it's so much fun. It's so exciting. It's, I get like, like you talked about with Johnny, I get more worked up, <laughs> more nervous for my friends than I do in my own races. I think largely because I have no control over the outcome. Well, limited control. I guess that's the whole point of a pacer is you're supposed to get your runner to the finish line no matter what. But anybody that, that is in Alberta knows this, but many listeners may not, that 2021 was an epic year at Lost Souls Ultra. So it is a Western States qualifier. It's one of only three in Canada. It happens on the weekend after Labor Day in Alberta here. And it is known for how hot and exposed it is. It's it's running the coolies in Lethbridge, Alberta. There's, I don't know, I can probably count the number of trees on that course on my two hands. It's up and down a lot of relentless hills in the coolies, but very exposed. There's cacti everywhere. You know, it's a it's like a prairie desert there. Well, this year... <laughs> It, it, we had record low temperatures. It never got sub-zero. I think it hit nine or 10 degrees Celsius, but there was rain, lots of cold rain. And the rain in only less than a few short hours turned those coolies into greasy, slippery, slimy mud. And coming from Manitoba, I know mud like Manitoba gumbo is infamous. I'm used to running with five pounds of mud on each foot. This mud was like nothing I had ever seen before. Combined with being the middle of the night, going up very, very steep, very steep coolies with sheer drop-offs, with no protection, no fences, like hardly a place to put your foot. It was actually quite dangerous. So quick summary, we're now, I don't know, 80, maybe 80 miles into this race, three in the morning. Heidi had been on almost 24-hour pace, was running super strong. But we find ourselves literally clinging to this fence that was like not a barbed wire fence, but it was like chicken wire, but more like four inch squares, not mm -hmm. one inch squares. Mm -hmm. And so we were literally hanging on this chicken wire with our feet kind of doing this like roadrunner spinning oh motion gosh. to try to hold not to go off the edge of this coolie. And and what would have happened? Sorry to interrupt. What would have happened if you fell down it? Like how far down are you falling down this? It's a really mud? good question. It was pitch dark. I'd never done that course before. So I'm kind of irritated. I actually never got to see the course in the daylight because I joined her at 10 PM. I'm guessing, I'm guessing a good 500 feet. Oh my gosh. At least 200 meters. Yeah. 150 to 200 meters. And these hills are also covered in cactuses. Right. So cacti, <laughs> right? So we managed to get ourselves up this hill in like, and she's going hypothermic because she's, mm -hmm. you know, had been running for already now, 
I don't know, like 15 hours and was soaking wet. We weren't moving fast enough. We literally could not move fast enough, even mm-hmm. with our poles, to generate any body heat at that point. And she's a tiny little thing, isn't she? She's very slim. Yeah, she's very slim, strong as an ox, but doesn't pack an extra pound on her frame. So I actually happened to have an emergency blanket in my pack. And when I pulled it out, she's like, oh my God, you have an emergency blanket at Lost Souls? Like it's normally like 33 degrees there, right? I'm like, oh, it was in here from my last mountain run. Thank goodness. So wrapped her in that. I gave her my gloves. She had a buff on her head and she was starting to shiver from the abdomen. Like she was, she's a paramedic and an ICU Mm. nurse. So she knew this was not a good situation. And neither of us wanted to call it. Both of us were like, I don't know if it gets any worse. We're going to have to sit down and hunker under this emergency blanket and literally not move. Cause we were, we were now looking down a steep incline that we literally were planning our poles and pretty much vaulting our whole body weight onto these poles because our feet, there was no traction and we didn't want to face plant into cactuses. Oh my God. It sounds very dangerous. But to put it in perspective, we traveled 1.6 kilometers. So one mile, I think it was 48 or 50 minutes. It was like almost an hour per mile. Oh my God. It was ridiculous. It was like at this point, we're not going to finish the race like in time. Like it's, it's just stupid. So as we're coming down this now, we're both thinking this, and I'm starting to get, like, I never get cold. I ran in shorts and minus 20 in Manitoba. I'm Wim Hof advocate. Like, I do not get cold. I was starting to shiver because I was wet, right? And not moving. I can run cold, but I can't stand still cold like that, Mm -hmm. right? And we saw some lights in the valley. And (laughs) this is my, the one time in the entire race that Heidi, I, I, noticed us maybe a slight chink in her armor and she let out this hello hello almost this desperate like who's there and it was one of the race directors basically telling us that they had paused the race we were not to keep going we made it down to this road I didn't know where we were. I thought we could have been like an hour from the aid station. Luckily, we were only literally like eight minute jog to back to the original aid station that we had left an hour previous. Like we'd barely moved. And uh, then they rooted us back to headquarters. And then they had a bad weather course already lined up because the locals know that when it starts to rain, these those coolies are impassable and they haven't had to use a bad weather course in a very long time, but they did this year. So we ended up having to mark our mileage. So when we made it back, Heidi does not run with the watch. So thank goodness her pacer did because (laughs) I had, (laughs) I had the exact mileage of where she was at when uh, we got back to headquarters and we had 22.88 kilometers left to do. No, sorry. 27.88 kilometers left to do on these road 10 kilometer loops. And so we had to wait till 7 a.m. till the sun came up. We started with the 50K runners who came planning to run a trail and they ended up running 10K loops on the road to do their 50K there. Let me tell you, even after all that mud slinging that we did, finishing a 100 miler on pavement is Ouch. not, it's not great. <laughs> But she even did it. She did it. She did it. She was so positive and so focused. They gave us an out. They basically said anybody that is here, you know, you can, you can basically, when they told us they were pausing the race, they said anybody at this point now in the hundred mile category can take a hundred K Western States qualifier and be done. 
Wow. Do you know how tempting that yeah. was? I was going to say. Oh my goodness. It's 3.30 or 4 in the morning. You're, you're hypothermic. You can have your Western States qualifier and be done. And she's like, I didn't come here to run 100K. I came here to run 100 miles. And her goal was bad water. So she needed her 100 mile qualifier for bad water. So I've got to give it to that girl. Oh I, I was so proud of her. She still finished in just over 27 hours. Sorry, 28 hours. Just over 28 hours. And so in this whole time that you're trying to pass by this over this coolie or whatever, no one else came along? Like how many people were in the hundred miles? Okay. So at the, at the point where they paused the race, it's interesting you say that because Heidi had for the last couple hours been saying, where are all the people? Right. Like I normally, there's tons of people around me. I haven't seen anybody. We haven't seen anybody in like an hour. Are we even on course? Have we gone off course? And uh, little did she know, she was probably, I think she was second place female at that point, if not first. Like we did a little piggybacking. Yeah, there were people were dropping like flies. Uh uh And so, yeah, there was one gentleman just above us, ahead of us. um, And another one, the the four of us went back together. But there were very few people left on the course at that point. A lot of people had DNF'd. Yeah. Yeah, it was not, it was quite the epic year. We made it back to headquarters, changed, dried up finished the race and she ended up with second place female overall first in her age group of 18 to 39. So yeah, it was a great year. So I was honestly, it was the most, to be honest, scared. I was actually Uh a little bit scared Uh that I have been during any ultra and I've ran in some pretty sketchy places. I was scared for her because of the hypothermia. But I'm pretty proud of us that we both kept her cool. We both kind of just said, okay, this is what we got to do. This is what we're going to do. And we did it. And um, we did not catastrophize the situation. We didn't let it mess up our mindsets. Mm -hmm. We just kind of said, okay, this is not the race that we expected, but this is what we've got to deal with right? This is what we were handed. And that's the way it is with, I think that's what I love about ultras and that I love mm-hmm. about life. Like you never know what you're going to get yeah. and you've just got to take the recipe or the ingredients you're given and you still got to bake a cake with it. Yeah. <laughs> and well, uh, isn't that yeah. funny? Like from your sinister seven, it was so hot. Remember? It was exactly hot. I know. <laughs> And then uh, six weeks later, whatever it was, six or seven weeks later to turn around and have that. Yeah. It's like really testing you. And that does seem like that's sort of the undercurrent of all ultras is that you're going to, you know, you think you know what you're going to get, but you don't know what you're going to get. And that's part of it. That's part of the fun. I think that's part of the game. Like as, as we've talked about, as much as road running is about controlling every variable you can, there's still an unpredictable element, but it's like maybe not even close 10 to 15% of the equation. (laughs) Whereas in ultras, it's like, it's it, at some days it could be 80% of the equation yeah, for sure. Like for sure. Um, the weather and the course and different things can really, really yeah. change the outcome and you have to be okay with it. You have to be able to, okay to pivot. And it really <laughs> sounds, be- I mean, I'm, that doesn't surprise me from interviewing her, right? Because she mm-hmm. talked so much about 
uh, her mindset there, even as a kid, people can go back and search for that if you want to listen. But she she was a I could tell that she was very, very strong in her mindset. And then, of course, you are, too. So you'd make a great team that way. So very, very cool. Let me just say it was an honor. It was an <clears throat> honor to be out there with you, Heidi. It <clears throat> was an honor to experience the Lost Souls course in the way that I did. And I admit, I've been a little bit snobby about that course going, oh, how fun could it be running in the coolies in the desert? I'm not interested. Not my cup of tea. Well, <laughs> hmm. now I'm kind of intrigued. I'm like, I kind of want to go back to this course when they're not, co- it's not covered in slippery mud. Right. Because those coolies are no joke. Yeah. And um, I, I kind of think I'd like to see what I could do on that course. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. We'll see what comes up next year in the lottery. Very fun. Well, I guess now is probably the time you have to start planning your 2022, isn't it? (laughs) Yep. Yeah, exactly. It started a week and a half ago in Thanksgiving. That's when I usually start to let my mind drift into planning for the next year because all the lotteries happen in in December and January. So yeah. Well, we'll stay tuned for more, more on that. Yeah. Exactly. So basically, we'll get to you in a second. I promise. Oh, no. I was just going to wrap this up with saying that, yeah, so right now I'm done racing. My body's needs a significant break. Some things happened during CDR that concerned me that were reminiscent of previous times when I pushed myself too hard. Mm-hmm. So I'm just running to explore the mountains right now. I'm doing lots of hiking, going a little bit slower. I've actually signed up to Inside Tracker. So I've heard a lot about it. Yeah. Tell me more. Cause yeah, you hear it all the time advertised on, on different podcasts and things. And, uh, it seems, well, tell, tell us all about it. What kind of biomarkers do you get? Oh, well, I'm, I'm not the expert, but I do know my friend Sarah Seeds, who was on episode three or four, like early on one of our first ones. Yeah. Early, early on. Anyways, she was out visiting a couple of weeks ago and she gave me one of her awesome discount codes. So there's a shout out to Sarah Seeds. Uh, she is a ambassador for Inside Tracker, but it basically, I got my blood drawn this morning, so I don't have the results yet. I'll be curious to see what it shows, but it tests 43 different biomarkers. So simple things like your magnesium levels and your vitamin D levels, all the way to your hormones you know, your, your liver hormones, your cholesterol, like a lot of things that I think Americans typically get tested in their family doctors. However, here in Canada, you have to have quote risk factors for these things to be out before a doctor can, can order the test for you. And so it's not so easy to get, but the key, the interesting thing about it is not just that they give you this printout of your data, but they give you very, um, actionable, holistic suggestions on how to change Hmm. something. So these are the foods you should eat if your iron is low. This is, you know, maybe if your cortisol is high, you should consider sleeping more hours a night. And they also do this full, um, I had to fill out this really long survey on all the vitamins I'm taking and how much sleep am I getting and what's my resting heart rate and, Hmm. you know, um, what's my weight and what's my activity level and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I'm interested to see what it shows because, I do know that my body has changed in the last few years and my training, I'm not sure has changed enough to match mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. nor my expectations of myself. So, <laughs> Well, okay. I Let's play a fun little game then before you get your results. What do you think it's going to say? What actionable things do you think are going to come out of this uh, test for you? 
I'm laughing because this sounds like the same thing when I got my VO2 max tested and the guy, the exercise physiologist that was going to give me my results said, what do you think your lactate threshold is? And I could tell him to the exact heartbeat per minute what it was just because I could feel the burn in my legs at 173 beats per minute. Like I just knew it. Yep. That was kind of the point of my question. I think a lot of times we know, right? We know, (laughs) right? Yeah. So I think it's going to tell me to sleep more. I have not been sleeping enough. Um, I'm not sure what my melatonin levels are. I'm curious to see that. I know my cortisone levels are brushing to high. I know I feel very similar to how I felt in my 20s when I was going through a lot of stress. And at that point, I was a vegan run training for my first marathon, and I had high cholesterol. Mm. I had a high LDL cholesterol. And you don't get it from your diet if you're a vegan. Right. It's just your own liver producing cholesterol, which comes from stress. So I'm curious. I'm, I'm, I'm really nervously suspicious that my cholesterol is probably a little high. If it is, it's going to be a real kick in the pants. So we'll talk about this a little bit later, but the books I've been reading on this topic. (laughs) But yeah, so I think it's probably going to tell me to, to be honest, I think my diet is, is pretty clean, but yeah, I think the the downtime and the sleeping part could be improved significantly. The so white we'll space in your life. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, that'll be really interesting to follow up the next on our next quarterly update, if you're willing to share. I mean, obviously, this is all private stuff. Oh, you know what? I'm an open book. The last time I had blood work, I shared all four pages with it on my blog. So yeah. <laughs> Somebody can learn something from my experiences, keeping in mind that every person is their own exactly. case study of one. But yeah. Hmm. Very cool. And I do understand you had a little inspired souls fan moment. <laughs> do you want to tell us oh about that? Oh my goodness. You had to bring that up. <laughs> I think it's so fun. Such a fun story. I was actually so awkwardly embarrassed, but yet honored. So I was in Canmore a couple of weeks ago running with my buddy, Sarah, and we, we met a friend of hers for coffee at Community Tea, T-E-A community. Yeah, that's how it goes. Such an awesome little shop. And as we said, hello, this lady says to me, she's like, oh my goodness, I listened to your podcast and my friend listens to your podcast too. And anyways, she had to get a selfie with me for her friend or <laughs> because she listens to our podcast. And I was just stunned. I was all sweaty and salty from this 30K run. We had just come off the mountain. I did not look like photogenic at all but I was like people know what I look like yeah (laughs) that's very sweet and it is a little bit yes because I know what you mean and I'll share a story as well but um Mm -hmm. it's a little bit like lopsided that people know us but we don't know them right (laughs) but the thing is back to putting it all out there we do and we forget that people you know I podcasts I listen to I feel like I know Rich Roller he's my best friend absolutely you know hey Rich but I love the fact that that this lady felt comfortable enough to just, of course, just yes, yes, speak up, and I want to be able to interact with people who yeah. are our listeners. So, yeah, I felt really weird, but yet, hey, if anybody else wants to say hello, please do. If Absolutely. you run into us, we love hearing about yes. people who enjoy listening to our podcast because, trust me, we don't do it for the money. <laughs> 
we do it because we want to connect with our running community. And uh, so it was pretty awesome. Have you ever had an experience like this? Um, Well, I maybe not like that where it was like ask for a selfie, all that. But I was running a cross country race, which I could tell you all about in a second on the weekend. And someone was cheering. So I came up to this, you know, little switchback. There was a bunch of people standing there cheering. And they're like, Oh, go inspired souls. I listened to your podcast. And I was like, Oh, my gosh, like, I really did not have a lot of energy to be conversational at that point. But I was, you know, gave a little like thumbs up and a little wave. And like, that is super, super cool. I did not know who this person was. So if you know, you want to identify yourself, whoever that was at the uh, Bison Open Cross Country Meet on October 16th. I would love to hear who you are. I'd love to meet you. It is uh, very fun. But I've been in Boston. So we were just in Boston last weekend as well. I was the fan stalker. <laughs> um, I recognized, uh, so I listened to a podcast quite a lot. Like I've, I think I've almost listened to every episode of the Running Rogue podcast. Okay. And uh, the host is called Chris McClung. And I recognize I was actually tracking him along. He was on my app when I was tracking my husband Mm -hmm. in the Boston Marathon. I knew he was running it because he'd done this whole lead up to it. And uh, so I was waiting in our meetup spot to meet my husband. And then I'm like, I think that that's him because I know what he looks like. Right. And then I check my app and and look at his bib number and check the bib number on the app and I'm like it is him and so I run up to him and you know he just finished a marathon and <laughs> didn't go the necessarily the way he wanted I'm like here's this fan like oh my goodness hi I listened to your podcast yeah but you know what you probably made him feel awesome yeah, yeah. and he probably thought I should have been wearing something with my podcast logo on it for this picture, right. which is exactly what I thought when I was taking the selfie. I'm like, I should have had my Inspired Souls hat on. Yeah. So Carolyn, I think we need to like get some more we need swag some merch. here. So, yeah, we do. Yeah. yeah or merch. Sure. Yeah. That's the word. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Okay. Let's, let's talk about you a little bit more here. So you've been struggling a bit with an injury for several months. Where are you at with that? Yeah. So it was back in the spring. I kind of went into race mode a little bit in the spring and I just could not like I, something I, I, to be honest, and this is very embarrassing because I'm an ex physiotherapist, like to describe what I actually had, I kept being, every time I'd go to my physio, I'd be like, can I get an audio recording of you telling me what's wrong (laughs) with me? But essentially it was like, you know, all in the pelvis and hips and it was I was just not getting the nerve conduction, I don't think, like down. So I I was feeling it as like pain in my glutes and high hamstring, but I don't think it really actually was like a tendonitis of those. I think it was more like the lights weren't coming on (laughs) uh, Mm, from the nerve conduction standpoint. So she was working kind of in my back and even up into my like mid back. And, you know, even just she would treat that and then retest and I'd be like okay yes. now I can lift up my leg like super strong Isn't that the coolest it is the coolest it is the coolest it, it would always make me feel like a superhero as a physio yeah. <laughs> when I could do this test and retest and people just look at I you know. with these super wide eyes like what did you do yeah. and sometimes I'd be like I know exactly what I did and other times I'm like I don't have a clue yeah <laughs> this isn't making a lot of sense yeah but the body's just awesome oh it's so awesome it's so awesome yeah. so I I did a lot of treatment back in the spring and then I I have to say I was very proud of my comeback because I was methodical about coming back very gradually. 
and changing only one variable at a time. Like I would either Mm -hmm. do a slightly longer run or a slightly faster, but never both at the same time. And I just did that over probably like a two month period. And how was that? It was humbling. (laughs) It was humbling. And I had to let a bunch of races go and things were starting to come around again in the summer. And I, you know, I had been signed up for the Manitoba Marathon, definitely had to let that go. Like when the injury was coming on, I was in training, like the early stages, Mm -hmm. but still Mm -hmm. I knew very early on that I had to let that go. But I always was holding on to hope for the 10K. Maybe I could do the 10K. And so that's exactly what happened. So I didn't have a great like 10K buildup per se, but I did a little bit of work at 10K effort and was like, yeah, I think I can... I can do it. And I had a friend coming from Ontario for it. So I ended up pacing her, which was mm-hmm. the best of all worlds. Like I said, we said before, I just love, love, love pacing people. Like I wish it could be my full-time job that I, I know, got right? paid for or something. Like there has to be a way, somebody creative, like help me find a way where I could just be like a full-time pace bunny. It would be awesome. But yeah, so she wanted 45 minutes. So that was 4.30 pace. So I got her out on that. And uh stayed with her till about six, seven K. And we had, I mean, by then my pacing job is, is done (laughs) essentially. And so we had talked and I said, if I do mind, if I feel good at six or seven to see what I have. And so that's what happened. And I was able to close pretty strong. So I was happy with that. Yeah, pretty strong. I'd say so. <laughs> Shout out to Carolyn here. She she practices what she preaches and the coach can bring it home. So that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And what made me most happy with that is that it felt good. I finished strong and the injury did not reappear. So I took that that's as like a win. major a win, win all around. Yeah. Um, so that was early September. And then about three weeks later, I did a 5K. And so I wanted to see, you know, could I race it from gun to tape kind of thing this time. And and I did. And it was, it was okay. It was pretty even. It wasn't a negative split, but it was fairly even all around. And I was secretly hoping I could have been a little bit faster. But again, it's not as if I did any great specific 5k training. It was just kind of off of my base fitness, I suppose. So That one was good. And I did win that one as well. So all of this to say, I'm like racking up. I got a pair of trail running shoes from our (gasps) city park runners, a Brooks trail running shoes, which was really good. So that was my, my prize for that. And then last weekend, like I said, I entered myself in a cross country race, which is so out of my wheelhouse. Like I think I did one cross country race in my life. 30 plus years ago (laughs) and it culminated with me faking an ankle injury so that I could drop out (laughs) because I was not having a lot of fun. Uh, I think I was in seventh grade and yeah. So anyway, I signed up. I'm like, you know what? I got to practice what I preach, like change things up. It's hills, it's mud, it's wind, it's all of the things. Where was the course? It was in Kilcona Park near Harborview Golf Club. So yeah, it was an 8K. So I didn't know what distance to sign up. They had a two, a four, a six, and an eight. And I signed up for the eight. And I wished that I signed up for the four. Man, when I started, (laughs) I was just like, what have I gotten myself into? It was hills. It was the Manitoba gumbo, like the the mud that gets caked on the bottom of your shoes. It was up and down. It was wind at the face, then wind at the back. It was a little hotter than 
Like I was, I was hot and oh my gosh, I wish I was wearing a heart rate monitor because I bet you my heart rate was like in the one nineties the entire time. Like I was trying as hard as I could and I was just not going anywhere. And so it was a 2k loop that we had to do okay. four oh. times. And I was oh, with the brutal. university men's cross country team. <laughs> and so I was like calculating in my head, where on this course are they going to lap me? And it was in the third lap, almost everyone. So Calvin Reimer, one of our guests from episode 54, yes. I think. So he lapped me. Oh my gosh. And we're the only female. There were there two other females. We were the only three. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> But it was still so much fun. Like, this is my big take home. It's like, I tried something new. I really stretched and got out of my comfort zone with this. And it was a lot of fun. And, you know, I think a lot of trail runners would actually find that race fun, I too. Do That's too. where track and trail and road and trail kind of merge, right? Yes. Yes. So those that want to run fast. And, you know, trail running has almost become synonymous with ultra running. And it's, it's not. not. Like, right, exactly. You can do fast, short trails too, yeah. right? Yeah. So it was it was a lot of fun. It was a beautiful day. So despite the hills and mud and grass and, and wind and stuff, it was lovely. Like it was sunny and, like I said, a little even on the warm side, even for me. <laughs> so Yeah, the pictures that I saw of you, you look warm. Yeah. So it's on a, a totally another note. It thrills me to hear that there's mud in Manitoba because I know it's been such a massive drought right there for so yeah. long. It was just patches so, throughout the course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Enough to just stick to your shoes and never. Exactly. Never and then there was off. like this little yeah. tiny bit on a, on dirt road. Like you just maybe like 20 meters, like nothing very long. And so every time on that section, I was like, like scuff, scuff, yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying to get it off, but it was like caked on there pretty good. Yeah. So oh, it was a lot of fun. You. Yeah. And so, so yeah. much fun that I signed up for this weekend as well, but I'm going to do the 5k Okay, and it's the provincial championships, whatever that means. Ooh. So I don't know if that means like more competition or less, but looks like there's 116 yeah. people signed up and there's all different distances, okay. but I'm going to do the 5k so, and that'll be you like, might have five women. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, just trying new things and it's a lot of fun. And, and this is what I'm always telling people, like whether it's the terrain you run or the distance you run, like shake it up, like have a little bit of variety to use your body differently and it'll get you stronger for your main event. I promise. Good advice. Good advice. I need to remember that as I'm planning 2022 for myself. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we say we hadn't caught up since, you know, we talked about my Sin 7 experience, but we really caught up just a few weeks ago, 10 days ago, when we chatted with Johnny in Boston. Yeah. So you were just out there with your husband in Boston. Why don't you just give us a, a quick summary of the experience on the episode number for those that maybe haven't caught it yet? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my husband did Boston last weekend. It was less than a week ago or no, exact, exactly a week ago at the date of this recording. Um, so he was episode, we documented the whole thing. So his whole kind of four month training cycle we documented and released that in episode 55, The Road to Boston. So it was a very much a whirlwind, like less than seven. 72 hour like door to door <laughs> type of experience that um, I have to say from the logistics side of things went really well. <laughs> uh, we had four flights on the way home 
Wow. And I'm like, one of these flights for sure is going to get delayed and then we're going to miss the next one. And this is going to be like a gong show and it's going to take us more than 72 hours to get home. Nope. Mm -hmm. We left Boston at 530. I mean, the flight was 530 in the morning. So we had an early start that day, but we got back to Winnipeg before 7 p.m. So yay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was uh wicked, awesome, like such great energy. It was like brought me right back to 2019. It was almost like I haven't been on a plane in 20 plus yeah. months, but it kind of felt like yesterday. Like yeah, you know? see what I mean? Like we're we're at that point now where 2021 feels abnormally normal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like there's a few variables that have changed. It's it's kind of a, we're not sure what we're going to get, but we are back to quote normal. Yeah. So all oh, the stories we're going to tell our, our I kids. Know. <laughs> I know. Let's <laughs> just pretend 2020 didn't happen. How about yeah. Like we're all yeah. just still one year younger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. So there has been some things happening uh, in the news of running. Let's start with road running. What's going on right now, Carolyn, in road running? Yeah, I would say the big thing right now, which has never happened before and probably never will happen again, is that all six of the world major marathons are taking place this fall. So they're normally spread out between spring and fall, but this year, all of them are taking place between September 26th and November 7th. So we had Berlin on the 26th, a week later, London, a week later, Chicago, the next day, Boston. So Chicago and Boston wow. were back to back Sunday, Monday. And then Tokyo was yesterday. So October 17th, that was a virtual actually. Um, and then New York City will be November 7th. So they're calling this the eclipse because it's, so rare. They're all overlapping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and one probably pretty big news story in, in the road running world is that Shalane Flanagan, a former U.S. professional runner who re retired in 2019, she's very decorated, like been to the Olympics, won New York City in 2017. She is doing all of them. Oh, wow. All six of them. So she flew over did Berlin with her. She's a new mom too. She and her husband adopted a son a little over a year ago. So she retired in 2019, I think had both knees operated on shortly thereafter, became a mom. <laughs> she's like a little bit like superwoman. And anyway, she's racing them all. Whoa. Took her son over, did. And so her goal was to do them all in under three hours, which, you know, for a professional runner, like that's maybe not so fast because she would be a low to 20 person, I think probably is her PR. But that was, you know, three, two, three years ago <laughs> that she was in yeah. that kind of shape. And so, however, she's now done five out of six and her slowest one is 246. <laughs> and her fastest, she did two Holy. of them, London and Tokyo in 235 and change. So she's done them all 235 to 246 and she just has New York City to go. So it'll be and that there's a little bit of a break. There's about three weeks before. Yeah, that's the longest break it looks like. So right? I kind of wonder mm -hmm. what she'll do. Like, I wonder if she'll rest up and uh, and try to race New York City or if she'll just, you know, try to take it easy. I'm not sure. It's a tough course, New York City. Wow. So this is pretty incredible. And coming from a world of ultra running where people do stupid things, 
time. <laughs> when I say stupid, I mean that affectionately. Yes, like things that are not necessarily logical with regards yeah. to what people think the human body can do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is a, a, a new mom, somebody who's retired from her you know, pro running career. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, okay, she didn't have the child herself, but she's got an infant in the house mm-hmm. that still requires time and, you know, potentially sleep. And she's a coach now. So she p- coaches professional runners, like many, many of the Olympians, like she was over in Tokyo for the Olympics coaching. Right. So right. it's not so like she's, she's not sitting around down. doing nothing no. and she's got a new cookbook coming out. She's written all these cookbooks in the past that are very popular as well. She's definitely no slouch. That's for sure. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's impressive. It's impressive. I'm not sure that I could have done that. And well, I'm not an elite pro runner, but <laughs> I think that's something maybe we should, should talk about. Like yeah. there are people that do these, these impressive things. Like we'll get to it in a moment, but Big's Backyard Ultra is happening mm-hmm. in the ultra running world literally right now. And very few people can do it, but they can. Does that mean we all can or should? Not necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's where it the lines does start to get blurred a little bit of, you know, being wowed and inspired by yeah. this person doing this thing and then thinking that I should go out and do something equivalently difficult in my life. Or if I don't, I suck. Right? Exactly. Like we shouldn't beat ourselves up for maybe setting some of these goals that we see our idols setting Correct. for themselves because we're not them and we don't live in their life. I don't have somebody, I don't have a team traveling to races with me to cook for me and give me ice baths like I'm suspecting she probably does. I, I do you know? think she has a bit of an entourage. That is, that's for sure. Yeah. 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 So I think it's important and we, that's the side of it, I think that sometimes gets glossed over or overlooked a little bit is that we don't have the team for the most part, right? We have other obligations and, and day jobs, jobs and family and whatever else at that does not permit us from putting forth that kind of energy to, to something like this. And, but it can be very tempting because it is so awe inspiring, right? And there's got to yeah, be a lot yeah. of positive attention that comes with doing epic things like that. Well, and it does inspire us. Like, I think we have to give these people the, the credit Absolutely. and the honor that yep. is due to them. Like, we follow things like Big's Backyard and, and the World Majors for a reason. It's super inspiring. As long as we don't let it color our view of ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we want to set big goals, but we don't want to beat ourselves up if we aren't you know, running like Olympians. Exactly. <laughs> day, exactly. Right? Yep. Um, so on that note, Biggs is happening right now. Literally, I've got the feed, live feed running in front of me oh, right now. Cool. At this time, they are at 60 hours and there's four runners remaining. Unfortunately, there's no Canadians left in the mix. Our past guest and uh, interviewee Dave Proctor mm-hmm. um, was one of the participants and he's no longer in the in the race. But it's it's been quite a nail butter, biter. Some of the favorites, the three people I predicted to be last standing are no longer in. I predicted Dave, Courtney and Maggie mm-hmm. to be the three three left there and obviously either I don't know enough about the race or (laughs) it just is what it is because it's well back to what we were saying before like the longer the race the more unknowns the more variables Mm -hmm. the the less we can really confidently bet on anybody even if 
you know, their past performances may make you think that they'll win or do well. It's so many unknowns, right? Exactly. So it's hard enough for the racer to predict what they're (laughs) going to be able to accomplish and a race with no end, literally a race with no end. So yeah, it's been going on since Saturday morning. It is now Monday night and these people are still running. I'm not sure I would do very well at a race like that. Oh, I I know I wouldn't, but it'd be interesting. Honestly, I think it'd be interesting to see mm-hmm. what at least 12 hours would look like. Mm-hmm. Like just to play with it and go, what what strategy do you use? Do you do you run fast and rest more? Do you run slow and pace yourself through the whole thing? And then it changes with each new sunrise, Correct. right? Like these runners have seen two sunrises and they're potentially going into three if the predictions of everybody that we're going to go 72 hours come to play. Well, tell me if you've heard of this. So I think the way to dip your toe into this is like the four by four by 48. Have you heard of this? Yeah, that's the Goggins. Yeah. um, And I just talked to someone who had done uh, five by five by 50. So a very similar thing. So 5k every five hours until you get to 50k. Oh, interesting. And I feel like that's the way that you would want to introduce yourself to something like this, because when I just, again, looking from the outside, it's more the sleep deprivation. I was just going to say that would give you more than just doing a lap, you know, a, a yard every hour, like the real race is. Doing five by five to 50 would give you the sleep deprivation challenge. It still of, would without the yeah, like yeah. real negative downside yeah. of doing it. So let's be honest, like straight. you could do it for 12 hours and you could come up at 50 miles running. A fi- Laz actually has posted about this two days ago. He's like, really, honestly, a 12 hour, 50 miler is not that hard. And I don't want to sound flippant, but I have done a 50 miler in 12 hours. Like it's possible mm-hmm. by a non-elite runner. A hundred miles in 24, a little harder. Yeah but still not impossible. There's hundreds of thousands of people on the planet that have done this. Mm-hmm. To start doing 200 miles in 48 hours is getting a little yeah. bit more um, selective, right? right? And then you move into 300 miles in 72, like that's starting to get, there's only a few people on the planet that can even come close to that. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's an interesting study. Also, want to highlight this, not in the physical in the mental, mm-hmm. as well as in the strategy of using your teammates. This is Laz's genius in this race, in using your teammates to advance, right? So the right. winner needs the second place person to finish, to keep going yeah. with him yeah. in order to set a world record, right? If the second place is, say, say they're at 60 yards, 60 hours, and the winner wants to set a record, say they want to go to 65, but the second place person drops at 62, then it's that not, winner oh. wins at 63 yards, but can't keep going to 65. He's out. Oh. So you need at least two people willing to go within one hour of the world record to get it. So oh. you form these bonds and these partnerships of, okay, but you, so you're trying to help each other, but at the same time, you're not you're trying competing. to show your weaknesses, yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> you don't want to show that you're tired. You don't want to show that you're hurting because it might make the other person, you know? So it's really ingenious. It's actually maniacal, really. Yeah, it, it's in- <laughs> I was going to say, I, I might use a different word than ingenious, but yes, I do know. It is a very cool thing. And I think I, I forgot that little detail about it if you want to set the world record. So you got to kind of be a leader and like bring 
bring, you've got to find somebody mm-hmm. willing to go that mm-hmm. far with you. Yeah. It's, it's, it's quite interesting. All right. So moving into our, our favorite things, do you have any um, favorite books on your nightstand these days? Yeah, because I have decided to cut back a little bit on my mileage and take a little bit of a break. I've actually been listening as as anybody that knows me knows I listen to audiobooks. All my books are audio. And there's two that I would really like to give a shout out to. I know you've read this one, Carolyn. It's Bravey by Alexi Pappas. What a book. What a book. <laughs> <laughs> this woman's life is wow. Yeah. Get it. That's all I'm going to say. Get it. I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you're a runner or not. Her story is amazing. She's a very talented writer. And uh, just a brief synopsis, she was um, Olympian runner. She is also a filmmaker and a writer who has had quite a traumatic childhood history with a mother that committed suicide at age of four, um, left her brother and her father and herself to process that and heal from that. And yeah, it's, it's quite a story of resilience and healing. So mm-hmm. go pick up that book, Bravey. Yep. And then because of the experiences that I have had um, this summer with saying yes <laughs> to everything, post-COVID, what have we all done? A race comes up, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll do that. I'm like, I got a new job. Okay, I'm going to move. Yeah, I'll do that. And I'll just sign up for that and that and that. And it caught up with me. And so this book is called When Your Body Says No by Gabor Mate from Vancouver, um, a psychologist, a physician. It, it really has spoken to me because he really talks about stress and your body's response to stress and how it creates physiological changes in your system and how even autoimmune disorders, you know, my experience with exercise-induced anaphylaxis I had a few years ago, there's lots of pieces mm-hmm. starting to mm-hmm. come together as I read this book. And he opens it with, if you don't say no, your body yeah. will. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, if I recall, he was a guest on the Ritual podcast. And I remember listening and being like, wow, yes. Mm-hmm. Anyways, to me, it put a, together a lot of the pieces to my puzzle. And it made me realize yet again, that as a woman, as a mom, (laughs) as a healer by profession, I'm a yes person. And I'm always trying to help everybody and to say yes to Mm -hmm. everything. And it's an oversimplification of the entire book, but it's a reminder that you, you have to sometimes just Mm -hmm. say no and take care Mm -hmm. of yourself because it will manifest physically. And, um, he, he actually doesn't dumb it down. Like it is, is a quite, quite a technical book and I appreciate that. So anyhow, if that resonates a little bit with you, check out that book because I think it might be something that you find a message in. So mm-hmm. on that note, I've resolved to get more massages. This fall <laughs> and I just went one today and Fantastic. Uh, yeah, start unwinding some of all that, that stress that has built up over the last year. Yeah. How about you, Carolyn? What are you thinking or ruminating on this fall? Well, I have been thinking about how we have 12,000, almost 13,000 downloads on our podcast and how we have such amazing, amazing guests. That is true. We wouldn't have that many downloads if it wasn't for our amazing guests, which I'm just, to be honest, stunned with some of the guests we've had on. Yes, 100%. We've had the best guests. We have 
I don't know, like you've met some of them. I've met some of them. We have people that listen, Kim. So we're not, this isn't just like for our moms, you know, yeah. people, no, no disrespect to our moms, but there are other people besides our moms listening. And, and we really, Ooh. really appreciate that and want to keep creating great episodes for you. So if you love this podcast, if there's a particular episode that you love, take a screenshot, post it in your stories, rating and reviewing the podcast really, really helps it grow and helps other people that may be interested in what we have to say to find us. So tag us on the socials. Yeah, I'll, I'll actually reiterate the stories thing. I think that's, you know, awesome. People seem to be really watching stories now more than ever. So if you like an episode, you know, take a screenshot of it and say why you like mm -hmm. it. Tell people to, to check it out for this reason. I think that would be super awesome and super helpful. Well, that kind of happened because I, I mentioned this in Johnny's episode, but I did meet Sally McRae at the Boston yeah. Marathon Expo. And I think in the in Johnny's episode, when I said that, I didn't actually then go back to connect the dots. So she was on episode 50. She was our one year anniversary, anniversary. guest. Yeah. And I loved her episode. Oh, I've listened to it like 10 times. And she is just fantastic. She's a professional mountain ultra runner um, for Nike, right? And she's an iFit mm -hmm. trainer. And I think that's mm -hmm. in that capacity is why she was at the Boston Marathon Expo. Yes. And oh, yeah, we stood in line to talk to her and could have talked to her all day. She was just so lovely. And um, so anyway, some people took screenshots and posted about that. So her episode just exploded, you know, after mm -hmm. the Boston mm -hmm. Marathon, there were all sorts of people tagging and sharing that one in in stories. So it does work. Yeah, truly, everybody listening, Carol and I just really want to get these, these stories out there to the people that need to hear them. That is our sole motivation. Yeah. And so we need you guys to, to help make that happen. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for listening and for sharing. And on that note, we um, are always in need of more guests. We cross paths with people every day and we think, oh, that would be a great guest. Yep. Sometimes they agree. Sometimes they don't. We've had nominations of some amazing guests we would have never thought of from some of our listeners and past guests. So if you have somebody that you think we should have on the podcast, please message us on social media. Send us an email to inspiredsoulscast at gmail.com. Remember, that's S-O-L-E-S, -E cast at gmail.com. And let us know who you would like to talk us to talk to and why. Mm -hmm. And I'll put, I'll put all of that in the show notes as well so you can find it easily. Finally, um, we do these catching up episodes every quarter. And I know you probably all want to hear what's going on in our lives <laughs> all the time. But we also would like to um, feature some questions or topics that you may want us to address during these kind of catching up moments. So if there's a question you want to ask Carolyn as a coach, you know, both of us as physios with our background as physios um, or topic that you just think needs to be touched on, please also send those ideas to us mm -hmm. as well. All right. Well, this has been fun. We will do it again in another few months and yeah, hopefully add that little section of uh, listener questions, little listener Q and a be a lot of fun. So thank you for listening and we'll catch you next time. Bye.